But I think we need to be honest with ourselves also and recognize and know that there are some beyond God's help. The reality of this doesn't lie in any shortcomings of God to forgive or His grace, but it comes in the willingness or the unwillingness of someone to repent and quit sinning. So you see, we are beyond help and beyond saving when we just refuse or don't want it. And it's true. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have. And it's true that if we are sinning, that the only punishment that we can expect is that of eternal separation from God. And it's sure, and it's just, and it will be given to us if we are beyond hell. If we don't have a repentant heart. Romans 6.23 talks about the wages of sin is death. But we also know that God's mercy was extended to all men. He tells us that in Titus 2 and 11. And the, the abundance of man's sin was not too much for God's grace because once again in Romans 5.20 it says where sin abounds God's grace abounded so much more. So simply put, we can't out God's grace or His forgiveness. But once again, we must accept the reality that we and people do refuse God's help, God's grace, and God's mercy. I want you to imagine, if you would, with me, of a man that has ventured out into a, a wilderness. Now, it's dangerous enough to venture out into a wilderness by yourself, but this man has chose to venture out into a wilderness at night. And he's been warned of all the dangers of seen and unseen dangers, but the man goes out and ventures out anyway. And as he goes out, he starts to stumble because he's in complete darkness and he can't see where he's going. But because of his stubbornness and because he will not correct himself, he just keeps on, as man's prone to do. So he keeps on stumbling and he keeps on wondering. He can't see where he goes. So eventually, the man, because he can't see, he stumbles off and he falls off in a ledge, a cliff, and by chance he small, falls on this small ledge. And it's here that the man sits and he wonders, well, what do I do? Do I try to climb back up? Do I just sit here and, and wait? Or maybe, as foolish as it may sound, this man might say, well, I'll just keep on walking. And as he sits there and thinks about what he might do, all of a sudden he hears familiar voices. And the voices get closer and sooner he sees a light going coming over the ledge and he looks up. And he sees that people have 
have come looking for him. And they shine a light down on him. And for the first time, the man realizes because of the light just how far he has fallen. He looks and he sees the cliff behind him. And he sees how far he's fallen. And also, because of that light, he can see this little ledge that he's got. And he also can see that out in the vastness there's darkness. What would the man do? What a predicament this man is in. And about time when he's collecting himself and realizing the situation he's in, here comes a big beautiful rope over that cliff. And it falls right close to him within arm's reach. And we think that this man, despite his stubbornness, despite his self-will to keep wandering, that he's going to be saved. All because there are people that love him, and they throw out life life ropes, and without judging why he was there, what got him there, they love him, and they want to save him. But is this man saved? Is he saved right now? No. What must he do? He's got to grab a hold of the rope. Now, none of us will argue the point that this man's got to grab a hold of the rope to be saved. But will he? There are people on ledges today, well in reach of life ropes, that won't grab a hold of the rope. No matter how we plead with them, no matter how much we beg them, they just won't grab a hold of the rope. Some of them will even say, just go away. I don't I don't want I don't want your help. Some of them will just refuse to grab a hold of the rope. And as we keep pleading with them, as we keep the rope there and say, look, it's right in your reach, all you got to do is grab, eventually they'll just look up and they'll yell up to the cliff face and say, Leave me alone, I don't want your help. Go away and don't ever come back. Have we ever had that experience? And it hurts as Christians. If any of those things happen to us, brothers and sisters, we got to understand that those people, as they stand on that cliff, are beyond help. And we got to realize the fact that we can't help anyone who doesn't want to help themselves. And it hurts us because some of them are our families. Some of them are loved ones, and some of them are there because they just lack the opportunity to hear the gospel, and it behooves us to keep loving these people and reaching out to them. And that is the gist of this lesson. We have to deal with people that won't obey the gospel. And it hurts us. And we got to keep on putting out the lifeline. But we may be rejected over and over again. As unlikely as this thing may be, we know that this happens every day. Because men lead to safety of the path of righteousness 
and they walk their own way, stubbornly, in darkness, and God tells us about these people. We can read about them in Psalms 107, 10 and 11. And it says, In darkness and in shadows of death they walk, because they rebel against the word of God, and despise the counsel of the Most High. You see, they don't want that light. They don't want to obey God. They want to do their own. They want to have their own way. I know there are many who leave the path because in Proverbs 2, 13 it says, Who leave the path of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness. See, God knows there's people that way. There have been people that way from the beginning of time that just are beyond hell. And they end up falling off the cliff. Proverbs 4.19 also says, The way of the wicked is like darkness because they do not know what makes them stumble. You see, we can even have brethren, excuse me, that have good minds and knowledge of the word, but the devil can get them so caught up in the world and he can use their minds against them till they don't even realize they're stumbling. And then when they do realize they're stumbling, the devil has them so captive that they can't even correct themselves. And that's a sad state. Sadly, there are some when we shine that light down and we drop that rope, they will. They'll tell us, just go away, just leave me alone. I don't want that light. And some would rather just sit there and not face reality because it's comfortable where they're at and they don't want to change. But that doesn't negate the necessity that we present the word to them and that we take that road and we try to save them. So why would anyone Stand on the ledge of certain destruction and not take the road. Well, I point, I'm going to point out a few things why men do what they do. And one of these is so prevalent in our time today with error. Some men think they're already safe. Dwight Moody, an evangelist, when he was talking about the attitudes of men that are lost in sin, he says, first, before you can save them, you've got to get them lost. Now, isn't that truth for some people? You've got to get them lost before you can save them. <coughs> when, they shine, when we shine the light down there and they see that rope of God's Word, some of them will, shine back, will shout back up to you and say, take that thing away. Well, it's good for my grandfather or good for my grandmother. I don't need your rope. I don't need your salvation. I'm already saved. And we got to understand that many who are on the ledge today in error of the Word of God, they were led there by people they claim that they have life. 
and they're led down a false path that Jesus never authorized. And they follow the word that God has never spoken. And we know the path that is not of God leads to destruction. Anytime man accepts anything less than the whole word of God, it cannot be saved. Only darkness and destruction. Destruction lies in his path. John chapter 14, 1 through 6. Listen to the words of Jesus. That's where he begins by describing, don't let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now go to fair place for you. And if I go to fair place for you, I will come again that where I am, there you may be also. And then he goes, proceeds to tell them that the way you know and where I go you know. And then Thomas speaks up and says, well, God, we don't know where you're going or where you will be. What did Jesus tell him? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through me. Verse 6. So we see that Christ is the light. And it can't be a deluded light. It's got to be the whole light or nothing to bring him into salvation. <coughs> if not, <coughs> excuse me, he'll keep wandering in darkness. Now here's one that hits real close to home. Sadly, there are many on that ledge that have been left out in darkness and they kept wandering until they fall off on the ledge. <clears throat> and they're there because they were not paying close enough attention. See, they let their own selfish desires turn them away from what they know is right. And they think that, well, I've got enough of God and I can go out here and I can venture off and I might come right here but yet I'm smart enough, I can go back. But we see good men, good women, and some of us in our minds today might have some people that we can think of that are on the ledge, not because of any shortcomings of Christ or the law or the word. It wasn't something that they were missing in their life. It was out of pure selfishness that they had let themselves wander and fall over the cliff and land on the ledge. <coughs> and then when we come to them with the light, if we don't watch it, our feelings will get hurt. I was talking to a young man that was talking to, to one person. And he said he was totally different than I've ever known him. He didn't want to talk about spiritual things yet. And I said, you can't take it personal. You have the light, and the light shows evil deeds. And people that are not walking the light do not want the light shone from them. We can't take it personal, even though it does hurt. But that doesn't excuse us from not carrying that light and shining on every opportunity that we get. <clears throat> and as long as longer they stay on the ledge they stay in darkness, the longer they compromise within their minds that I can do this. 
that this life is okay, but they're deceived. And pretty soon, they can't distinguish the light from the dark. And that's a dangerous situation to be in. I would like to read 2 John, verse 9. Whosoever transgresses, transgresses and abides not in the darkness of Christ, have not God. He, has, he that abideth in the darkness of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Let's don't fool one another. And let's don't let them people fool themselves. If we can get fooled to think that they cannot do all that Christ has commanded and walk in his way, have some kind of form of salvation and be alright. Let's don't compromise the truth. 1 Timothy 4.16 1 Timothy 4.16 Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt save thyself and them that hear you. You see, let's don't be so arrogant. Let's don't be so haughty that think that the same thing can't happen to us. I'm frightened of it. It's real. It's used against us, the devil. And we know good men that have fallen. And it's so easy. And we need to be careful with our salvation. We need to covet it. We need to polish it. We need to add on to it. We need to grow. And we need to stay within the line. And everything we do, and everywhere we go, we don't want to be in darkness, so we need to put it to the light test. If the light can't go, and the light can't do what we're doing, then may I encourage you to back away from the cliff before you fall onto that small ledge. And you very well might say no to the rope yourself. It's a warning to us all. All right, quickly. Some love the way of darkness. That's just a known fact. Some men love sin. And this is the world that we live in. And to us as Christians, it's hard for us to accept that because we know that certain ends of death because we love Christ and we delve into the Word and we understand the sure destruction. Just as sure there is a heaven, there's a hell. But yet it happens every day. Men refuse to hear the Word. Well, we need to understand that these people are deceived. 2 Timothy 2.26 says that they are caught in the snare of the devil, being held captive by him to do his will. And there are people in the world today who say, I am free to do what I want to. Oh, I'm just as free as a bird. What are you talking about? I'm captive. But they don't know they're captive. See, that's the wiles of the devil. 
John 8, 33 and 34, Jesus said, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. <coughs> there is a big difference in remaining in sin and the Christian sinning and asking for forgiveness. Now, we're talking about the world here that remains in sin because they enjoy sin and the pleasures of it. And these people hate the light when we shine upon them. So it shouldn't be any surprise that when we preach against homosexuality, when we preach about the Word of God and there are things that man should do and can't do, well, the world yelled out, no, I'm free of that. You can take your old backwards thinking. But what are we doing when we do that? We're shining the light of the gospel. John 3.21, and I'll read this one and then we'll end quick. John 20 and 21. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Now this is Jesus talking. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth the truth cometh to the light, and his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. <clears throat> See, if we're doing right, we're not going to be scared of the light. Just as sure as we stand before a judge and we know we're in the innocent. It's no problem for us standing to the judge because we're guiltless. But when we show the world the light, we shouldn't be surprised that we are persecuted, treated wrong, sometimes lose, or even our own family, our relationships. But as Paul said, we've got to count it as nothing to gain the excellency of Christ. What he's talking about is the home of heaven and what Christ has done there. So when people want to silence us, when the people want to silence the church for doing good and for showing that light, we got to understand the words of Christ and we should not be surprised. But we are not. He's not giving us a house not to, not to spread it. Alright, that's the lesson. One more thing I'll ask you though is who will obey the gospel? Who will reach for that road? And who will refuse it? We don't know. It's not in us, unlike God, to read man's heart. So we must keep bringing the word of God even though we get rejected time and time again. It's our job to hold that lamp of truth out for all the sins. And while we're doing it, we need to do what Paul encouraged Timothy to do in 2 Timothy 2 and 24. <clears throat> and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but to be gentle unto all men, out to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those who oppose themselves, those on the ledge.
And if God preventure, will give them repentance to the knowledge of the truth. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. My friends, that's our job. To hold out that lamp of truth. I hope you enjoyed this lesson. I hope it speaks to you. I know that I've enjoyed teaching about it, preparing for it, because this has really bothered me in my life. And I hope that you will preventure that it, if you get out there and put a light, that people will resist you and you feel the need to continue to put that light out and keep your heart tender and understand that as we save people, we do it in meekness, realizing that we too are weak. We are nothing. We're only saved and we have the option of repentance. But we're still sinners also. We just have a relationship that they don't have with the Savior. So that brings us to the here and now. Is your relationship right with God? As I look here, I think all here are baptized Christians. Do I forego the plan of salvation? But we here have the opportunity, if we are going through some weakness and we need help for our brother, that we can come as we stand and we'll sing the song of invitation. But you're welcome to come and let us help you. And let's don't forget those when we pray that we know have walked away from God. And let's guard our own soul and salvation as we do so. The invitation is yours as we stand and sing.
sermon there, that lesson that was very encouraging for all of us. And also, thank you for reminding me about the meeting this week. Uh, I should have known because I had drinks last down last week, thinking it was last week. So, <laughs> so they, they would be cold by the, by Saturday. But anyway, uh, Brother Dan Cheney over land from Orlando, Florida, is coming, and uh, you know God gives us 24 hours each day. So let's do our best to give him one hour this meeting every night. It's only three nights, two nights and, and twice on Saturday. So that's just a short time from what he gives us. So any other announcements for men? Huh? Brother Bitter, will you dismiss us, please? Most gracious and almighty Heavenly Father, we are indeed thankful for this another beautiful day in the life. Thank you, Lord, for being able to assemble and hear your word.